This is episode 18 with Nyla Nazar. We talk about overcoming fear, stepping into the unknown, and what Nyla has learned from traveling, skydiving, and her newest challenge. Welcome to 8 Billion Gifts. This is your host, Sohil, a footballer, creative, and student. On this show, we talk to all kinds of people to discover their stories, their mindset, and their unique gift. Everyone, welcome to today's episode. We're here with Nyla Nazar. Nyla is a Lebanese skydiver who shares her life experiences to inspire others to live their best life. At only 16 years old, she left her family and traveled across the globe to pursue her passion in business. After years of globe trotting and thrill seeking, she started Nyla in Vogue in hopes of using it as a voice to empower and share the knowledge she's gained from starting a business and becoming a professional skydiver. On her blog and social media, she shares lifestyle hacks, travel inspiration, outfits, skincare secrets, and much more. Nyla, how are you? Hi, Sahel. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. So nice to have you here. I actually just had a look at your page before we started the podcast, and it's amazing to see all of the different places you've traveled to, and I know you're always on the move. But right now, because of your pregnancy, yes, <laughs> you're, you have an interesting chapter in your life where you're a little bit more settled down and we're going to talk about that more so. But what's it like being away from all the traveling and thrill-seeking lifestyle to having more downtime where you can relax and focus on this current process that you're going through? Uh, first of all, thank you so much again for having me. Um, wow, I can't even describe to you how hard it was to do the simplest thing in life, which is to just stop and actually appreciate living in the moment and not always continually thinking, well, where am I going to go next? What, what am I going to discover next? And having that FOMO, <laughs> it, honestly, it took a long time for me to actually be like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I need to sit my ass down and stop chasing highs. Um, so yeah, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely hard. Um, I'm not the kind of person who can just chill. Um, so it's taught me a lot about life and now I'm actually doing things like reading (laughs) and listening to (laughs) podcasts, which is great. So yeah, I'm learning a lot. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's great how sometimes we have these events come up in our life and it allows our attention to go to places where we may have not put as much focus on before. This is a big event for you. And I know you're sharing the whole process on your blog and your social media. So we're also going to get you talking more about that. But let's let's start off with a little bit of your story. So at 16, you left home and you went on to travel and discover the world. Why did you leave at that age? And what was it like taking on the world and being so young? To be honest, I had to leave at 16. So to give you a little bit of a background, um, I grew up with a very intense family. By intense, I mean, I had a um, bipolar father. Um, he had major anger issues. Um, he he was a user, used drugs. I don't even know what kind. And then he kind of disappeared out of my life when I was very, very young. My mom felt a lot of pressure of having to take care of me. And I don't really think she was ready for that at all. Um, so she basically gave me an ultimatum. Um, I, I literally asked her, I said, do you think I can you know, finish school and, and kind of be here um, in the Middle East with her? And she's like, I can't take care of you anymore. So I literally was given no option, no choice. I had to get out of there and to get out of there, my dream place all my life. 
um, was to go to California. That was just where I wanted to be every single day of my life since I could probably ever remember since I could watch like Nickelodeon and all that. So I just basically borrowed money from a friend and I got a ticket and I Googled what, what is the cheapest state in America to live in? And California was not on that list. <laughs> yeah. So I actually moved to Houston, Texas by myself at 16. Um, I found a mutual friend on Facebook and I literally said to them, Hey, by the way, I'm leaving, I'm taking a 16 hour flight. Um, can I please sleep on your couch? So I was 16 sleeping on someone's couch, absolutely broke as a joke and um, no parents around. So I really didn't have a choice. Now looking at it, I think about it and I think, wow, that was the craziest thing in the world. I could have been murdered. I could have been (laughs) kidnapped. But um, I think motivation was on my side. I've always wanted to be extraordinary. I always wanted to be good at something. And unfortunately, in the Middle East, I I felt like I didn't have that support system. Um, and it could have been obviously my family and my mem- I'm not saying everybody is like that, but my family specifically was like that. I didn't feel supported. I didn't feel like I was going to go anywhere. So I made the choice and here we are. I mean, it was such a tough journey from one hosting waitressing job to, you know, cleaning the dishes in the back of a restaurant to working at some very embarrassing places. And um, finally, uh, at 19, I started my own company. I started a supplement company. So I was working on making fish oil and salmon oil and vitamins. Um, Really sheer luck meeting the right people at the right time. And like I said, having the drive to kind of push. And after this, two years later, I decided, hey, I'm going to travel the world. At the time, honestly, Instagram, it made everything possible. Right now, the market's really saturated. But at the time, it was just like, wow, great, awesome. So I can like use that money I made for my company and just travel and people will like it. People will like my lifestyle and follow me. Wow, great. So that's that's that. (laughs) Here we are now. What a crazy story. I mean, it must have been so difficult to make that jump halfway across the world at 16 being so young and not having any experience under your belt. I'm wondering what were some of the lessons you took out of going halfway across the world and needing to figure out life being so young? What are some things that that taught you that time frame there? You know what? I learned that risk taking really is something that's underrated and people really need to just never be in the safe zone. Finding yourself in a comfort zone and staying in a place where you find comfort and not really jumping, jumping into like major changes in life will get you nowhere. I think if I didn't take that risk, if I just thought to myself, well, at least I have a home and someone to feed me here and, you know, maybe I can just live with an aunt or something. I think risk taking is the best thing I took from that lesson. I also learned that every single human being, every soul that you meet throughout your life, no matter where, no matter who has a lesson to teach you, whether it's their experiences that they have with you, whether it is just them talking to you about their own experiences or you just having that moment with them, you learn so much from people. So it's so good to be open-minded and um, surround yourself by people all the time and see what you can learn, see what you can get. And like I said, you can be in the right place in the right time and end up doing something really good for yourself. Two really big lessons. I think I I will take those two lessons forever. I like how you talked about taking risks. It sounds easy to say, but I can imagine, especially at that age, taking such a big risk must have been scary. 
it must have been very challenging. And you touched on a lot of things you had to go through working side jobs, trying to connect with different people. But I think taking that risk was necessary to get to that better place for you. I mean, you, you talked about the environment you had back home. It wasn't ideal. You needed to sacrifice where you were for where you could get to. And, and sometimes that breaking point is just taking that risk, even though for you that was so challenging. But no, those are two great lessons. After that challenging time frame, you, you, you mentioned you started your own company, which is incredible Thank going you. to America and then going through that journey. And, and now you're doing skydiving. So I'm wondering how, how did the skydiving start? What made you get into skydiving? So actually what made me get into skydiving is the fact that I was instilled with this idea my entire life since I was three years old. My mom and my dad would be like, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to break a leg. Don't do this. You know, they, they sheltered me from everything. And I'm not sure if it was to protect me because they should have done other things to protect me. But I think it was just more like their own irrational fears that were instilled in my head. So that entire time, all up until I did actually decide to do to skydive, I was afraid of heights. I was afraid a lot of a lot of things, um, had many phobias. I had a lot of fear in, instilled in my brain. I was scared of a lot of things. And the reason I wanted to try skydiving is because I wanted to do something so extreme, so ridiculous something that no one would think about really to do when they're afraid of heights um, and see how, how much change I can reinstill in my soul and to kind of take out those irrational fears and all these crazy things that my parents have like put inside my mental box and see if I can get rid of them and just kind of change. I really wanted to change. I was tired of being worried and scared of everything. And as soon as I took my first jump, I knew that there is a person in there who's an adventurer who not just wants to travel and see new things, who actually wants to do extreme things and likes adrenaline. It's like, this is a new part of me. I didn't even know about because I was so sheltered. I was put in a tiny, tiny little box. And I believed for so long that that was the box that I was just meant to be in. And yeah, so that's, that's literally how it started. I just made that decision and I drove to a drop zone. <laughs> wow. That is, that's very interesting. So you mentioned you were, you were scared of heights and that you had all of these boundaries in place, which, which initiated all that fear that you had. What's your mindset like on, on fear? Because it seems like the first jump you had, you went for something extreme where you knew the fear factor was crazy. I mean, jumping out of a plane that's thousands of feet up in the air. That's, that's something crazy. And that can bring about a lot of fear onto people. So how did you go from being so scared of doing that to now? I mean, you go on so many, so many different jumps, right? So how can, how did you overcome that fear? I think it was, and, and don't get me wrong, by the way, my first time jumping, I wasn't like, woohoo, I'm, I'm super woman. I was definitely going to throw up. <laughs> I was absolutely <laughs> terrified, but it was that split second when I actually left the plane is when I had the realization of who I truly was. And that came out right past, okay, wait a minute. This has been all covered and blocked by fear. So once the best way I would describe it now, and, and some people get so pissed off at me when I say that to them, but I think fear is an illusion. I think it's taught 
I think we pick it up along the way in life. Um, like with my, with my specific example is my parents taught me how to fear things. Who knows if I had different parents, I might've been fearless. I might've been fearless from five years old, but it's taught along in life. You learn it, you pick it up in experiences, and then you just hang on to it. And I really think that doing things that kind of make you face your fear or want to change will kind of click that button and think, wait a minute. this was all in my head. I I didn't need to be afraid. You know, even with skydiving, if you learn what you're doing, you go to, you go to a class, you've got instructors, everybody tells you what to do. You're not jumping out of a plane without, without a parachute. You have ways to save your life. You you got it all. It's right in front of you. Here's, here's your tools. So if you just take fear out of it, you can do everything and you know how to do everything to save your life and then to enjoy it. So really fear it shouldn't even be in the equation. So it's just that split second where you realize, damn, I've put myself in this limited boundaries headspace where I really shouldn't have. Yeah, that's a great point. And again, skydiving is probably on the extreme example of of what fear may be. But so many of us are telling ourselves this imagined story of what we should be scared of. And again, skydiving is crazy, but we may be scared of, you know, talking to a new person or taking on a new challenge, going for a new job opportunity. And oftentimes what will break that imagined story is the action we take is when you first go and do it. And with yourself, that first jump, you were scared. You weren't, you weren't super into doing it, but after you took the jump and again, I'm, I'm imagining it wasn't like you took the jump and you were super into it right away, but it took, it took a process, right? The more jumps you did, the less fear you had. So again, just taking that action, taking steps towards your fear to then eliminate that fear. Yep. I wanted to share this with you. I actually went skydiving last year for the first time. It was my first time going and I, I haven't gone for a second time, but I want to sometime in the future. And I remember on the day where I arrived at the headquarters, the drop zone, I was very excited because my whole thing going into it was I wanted to do something that would get me to step outside my comfort zone to then expand my comfort zone. And I knew if I did this, then a lot of the other big, big challenges that that I would face, they wouldn't be big because skydiving is is one of the, the craziest things you can do. So I was very excited on the day, but then as the, as the plane started going up, the fear, the fear factor started building. And for those uh, who haven't skydived, like going skydiving, you're in a, you, and you can talk about it more, but you're in a small plane, you know, you're, sh- there's a lot of shakiness going on. They open the big door. You see, you see the whole world out in front of you. And it was only after I jumped that fear factor flipped right away. And it was just a moment of, of entire bliss. So it was taking that step towards my fear, which eliminated it. You realize that a lot of what you thought was there wasn't really there. It was just a story you're telling yourself. Absolutely. You just walk in a straight line, looking ahead of you, you're good. But if t- somebody tells you you're walking on a thread, they just already messed with your head. And now you got you have a fear of falling. and you're just all of a sudden have built these boundaries in your head. But if somebody just didn't tell you, you know, you would just walk straight and you wouldn't think about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a really cool thing. I, I, I highly encourage anybody to just kind of take the leap into doing something like that. Even if they don't see themselves as being skydivers or uh, mountain climbers, or even if they just want to talk to a girl and they're just shy and it's just like, 
one, two, three, right. I'm going to do it. It's just going to happen. And, and, and you'd be surprised it, you know, survival mode kicks in <laughs> and then you end up enjoying it. I like that. Just take action and move towards it. Yeah. So you've gone skydiving so many different times. Share with us, let's say your scariest skydiving moment or your favorite skydiving moment you can pick. Okay. Well, my favorite skydiving moment is probably when I learned something new and I didn't realize that your body literally is like, it's this like thing in the, in the, in the air. And you have so much control over creating different kinds of waves of adrenaline by managing your body movements in a certain way. So when I first learned how to sit fly, and then when I first learned how to um, head down exit, those two things were my favorite because I didn't even realize I was like, wow, this is crazy because you, you, you fly on your belly for a really long time. You're not really supposed to try anything crazy. But once I did some tunnel time and I realized that flying head down out of the plane feels like you're an actual bullet going through the clouds. And I know it sounds insane, but it was my favorite moment of my entire life. I can't even tell you. And that's actually what made me want to recreate that, that feeling. Um, and someone told me, Hey, you know, you can get that feeling just by jumping out of a helicopter. Cause there's no air to kind of make you glide out. You literally feel like you're on a bungee, but you have no rope. It's like, Oh, whoa, those are the exact butterflies I wanted. So then I did my helicopter jump, which, which went viral. I didn't think that it would, it was crazy. It was just like my own thing with myself. It's like, I want to do a helicopter jump. And I was so happy to see all the support and love from every skydiving community around the world saying like, Hey, this is really cool that you did that. And so that was definitely my favorite, favorite skydiving moment ever. My not so favorite skydiving moment ever <laughs> was um, when I broke my fingers in Dubai. Um, I made a simple mistake. I was still learning. I was around, I think that was my 70, 70th jump, which is actually still pretty, you're big, you're a beginner at 70. You just still need to make a lot of mistakes. And uh, um, yeah, I didn't pay attention and I landed um, downwind, not very smart. And I broke my knuckles. So that sucked because I couldn't skydive for a while. And it also taught me to, always be in tune with what is going on in the sky. Sometimes you get into like a, yay, this is so cool. I'm gliding over the sand dunes and it's like, whoa, pay attention. So <laughs> that, that's a big lesson, but no broken fingers since nothing bad happened. I've not had any scary, not pulled my reserve. I've not had any accidents. Thank God, knock on wood. <laughs> that's good to hear so it seems like now with all the jumps you're doing obviously they're not as fearful as they were before so i'm curious right now at this stage in your life what would you say is your greatest fear my greatest fear which is my next thing that i really want to tackle and kind of do the whole skydiving journey but this is different and it's actually water. <laughs> I drowned when I was younger twice. And so I have a pretty traumatic connection to, um, surfing. So I've really, every time I've tried to surf, I've just kind of relived because, you know, obviously you get pummeled by waves as part of the part of the whole journey of learning surfing. Um, and I just want to try it, try and try it. So I can finally conquer that fear of drowning because of that traumatic experience that's just engraved in my head. So I think that's what I'm mostly, um, that's what I want to tackle next and what I would say I'm afraid of now. Um, but other than that, I don't want to sound like 
cocky or anything, but I don't think I'm afraid of anything else. Honestly, I think skydiving has really done that to me. It's made me feel like I can do anything. You know, if I put my head to it, I know I can do it. It gives you this confidence because you're, you land and you're like, I just saved my own life. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, definitely. And it puts things into perspective. When you were able to do such such a crazy task, then everything else is is pretty easy to that. But it's still cool that you're always challenging yourself and we'll all be on the lookout for you in water next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let, let's get back to talking about challenges. I mean, you you briefly touched on how why it's important to step out of your comfort zone. How can someone identify if if they're living in a rut, if they've just had the same routine and they haven't put themselves in a place where they're stepping out of their comfort zone? What things can they look out for? Actually, I think that that's one of the things that are, is easy to notice. You know when you're in a rut because waking up, feeling unmotivated, feeling like people are better than you or starting to watch yourself and seeing that you're comparing yourself to other people. When you look at someone else's life and you say, man, I want that so bad. I'm never going to have that. Or I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. Or damn, wish, wish, I wish I can have those skills. When you get to that kind of um, mental, you know, path, that path is going nowhere but down. And as soon as you catch yourself doing things like that, I feel like, you know, something's wrong. And when you when you pick up a new skill, when you pick up a new hobby, when you pick up a whole new passion goal, you wake up and you're excited because you got something new to do and you got something to look forward to. If you wake up every day and you feel like you're in a routine and there's nothing exciting happening, that's kind of gosh, that's honestly to 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 be honest, that's probably one of my worst fears because I've been there, trust me. I've I've woken up and been even when I had my company, it was successful and I was young and great, but I was like I'm in, I'm stuck in a nine to five. I'm in an office every day, staring at a white wall. Um, I don't even, I'm not even motivated to make more money with this business. I just want to like run away. What's going on? You know? Um, so when you find yourself in that kind of rut, that's when, you know, damn, I got to get out of this. I got to do something new. I got to find my passion. I got to, you know, search, search and search within. No, that's really powerful because I think, especially nowadays, where we all tend to be in our routines. And the more you're in your routine, the harder it is to identify that you're just in this bubble. You're living in this bubble where you haven't been taking on challenges and maybe there's things that you've been wanting to do, but you haven't because you're just living on autopilot. So being able to identify the moments where you're just not excited, you're waking up and there's nothing to look forward. Once you identify that, then you can take the steps to to take on a challenge and to expand. So that's that's really good advice. Let's talk about traveling. You've traveled to so many different places. What has traveling taught you? Wow. What has traveling not taught me? I mean, is there anything more valuable to your mind and to your soul than meeting new people, watching how what their daily lives are like people from the other side of the world and learning cultures i mean it's amazing i I don't care how old i'm gonna be or how many kids i'm gonna have or what i'm gonna have going on in my life i'm always going to want to explore what's going on in the world how people are living their lives and what what you learn so much from every single step that you take somewhere 
different than where you grow up, some more different than what you're used to. So it's, it's incredible. I've learned so much. I feel like the challenging myself journey came from traveling. I thought, wow, these, I mean, I went to a place called Coron Palawan. It's in Philippines. And seeing these people smile with incredible, you know, passion and genuinity. I don't even know if that's a word, but just seeing these people with their pure smiles looking at you when they had literally close to nothing. It, it was just like, wow, this is insane. This is how people are living here. And we take for granted literally everything that comes our way. So yeah, you learn so much and it's always good to choose places that are like, you know, like that. It's, it's not about going and uh, staying in luxury hotels and having a vacation. It's about learning as much as possible what people are doing, what they're eating, what their cultures are like, what their music is like, what drives them, what, what are their passions, you know? Yeah. And I love that taking, taking the approach of what can I learn from my travels instead of just going to a place because there's a cool statue. And it seems like a lot of the places you've gone to, the people there have taught you so much. Can you give us a couple of recommendations on, on places to travel where you can gain some knowledge, learn something, you can learn something about their cultures? What are some places you'd recommend? I would actually, I would actually say Koron Palawan taught me the most. Um, we went to a few schools and just kind of saw how everybody was living there. They've had several hurricanes and natural disasters that have destroyed their homes. And um, these people are just happy people, honestly. So they're just smiley, happy people. They're living under a tarp, but they're smiling and they're happy and they welcome tourists and they always want to show you. And they're so proud of where they live. Um, I remember we were sitting and eating pizza and this, there's like literally one pizza place and one internet cafe and people would be like, why would you travel there? That sounds crazy. What, what did you do for Wi-Fi?" <laughs> it's like, well, we dedicated one day out of the week to just go and, you know, connect with friends, uh, connect with family and friends, make sure everybody knows that we're still alive. Um, but we had these school kids come up and they were waiting next to us, waiting for us to finish our pizza so that they can have leftovers. And that absolutely broke my heart. So well, I went back to um, our little cottage that we were staying in and I, I just packed all my bags and I just literally dragged my luggage with all my clothes. And I went down the street and I, there was this lady selling clothes and I was like, do you want these? And at first she thought I was just this crazy person. She's like, why is she giving me luggage? What's in that? You know, I just gave away literally all of my clothes that I went there with because I felt so, I just felt guilty. I was like, oh my God, here I am trying to buy this, you know, trying, trying to do this in LA being like, Ooh, this, like this much t-shirt. Ooh, I want this. Or it just brought me back basically back to reality. And, um, that really was an eye-opening place. Absolutely love the Philippines, love Filipino, Filipino food. And so I would say highly recommend going there. Um, and gosh, where else? I mean, I would love people to learn a little bit about Arabic culture because I know that there is so much out there about different countries and, 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 and their ways. And there isn't exactly the best press when it comes to, you know, Arabic countries, but there's stunning beauty. There's incredible traditions. The people are very nice. And there's a lot to learn about Arabic culture. So I think Jordan and hopefully Lebanon after they have recovered from their latest 
um, incident, I think those would be beautiful places for people to live uh, to, to, sorry, to, um, visit. Yeah, there's so much you can learn from actually going to the place. I mean, it's one thing to to go and search up a picture on the internet or to learn about this country, but once you're there and once you have that perspective that you talked about, it's just so eye-opening. For example, that moment of gratitude where you realize like, wow, this small thing can be so important for them. They can find happiness in the small moments. And sometimes we need to be in that moment to fully understand how, how great we have it here. So how, how important would you say it is to keep an open mind when you're traveling? Because I know there's different ways to travel. Like some people just travel and, you know, they pick three to four places that are tourist locations that they're going to go to, but they may miss out on that, that cool interaction you had with the kids or, or that interaction you had with the lady where you were able to give her the luggage. So how, how important is it to be open-minded? Absolutely. One of the most important things you have to be open-minded and pretend to, and prepare to just learn and educate yourself and just see, really, you shouldn't go to touristy places. I mean, those are probably great places to take pictures, but what you really want to see is how people are living. I, I That's why one of my idols is Anthony Bourdain. And the reason I love Anthony Bourdain so much, rest his soul, is because he always went to a little shack down the street where nobody's ever been and, and, and stayed with a family for a couple of days and talked to them about their politics, their day, their day to days, their routines, what they do when, when their kids go to school, where do their kids go to school and what are they learning? What's What's the difference between that and the Western world? So I think definitely keep an open mind. Absolutely. And that way you can gain the most out of your travels. It's not just getting cool pictures or having a luxury, cool vacation. There is literally knowledge out there. I agree. Uh, I love your bio. It says currently making a human. <laughs> what, oh my gosh. what does it yeah. feel like being pregnant for the first time and having this new responsibility of care in your life? This is crazy. So hell, I mean, I literally had just done helicopter jump. I had just been preparing for a helicopter jump in Mauritius. I was um, uh, teaming up with six other skydivers to jump over the pyramids in, in Egypt. I had all these dreams and they're still there. <laughs> I'm not saying they're gone. They're all still there. But when it happened, it was just like, this is crazy. I now have to take responsibility for, I feel like I just kind of did things. I expected my body to be ready for anything, right? I just expected, well, hey, if I want to jump and do this, I never thought, can my body do that? Can, can, can I, you know, and now I have to, I have to think about these things. Now I'm like, I don't think I can hike for 45 minutes in the piping hot heat. So um, it really changes a lot. Um, a lot of the things that First things are body changes and you look down and you're like, wow, this isn't my body. <laughs> this is something different. You have to accept that and embrace it. It's a part of, it's such a beautiful part of life. I mean, I'm literally growing a human. That's why I put it in my bio and everything else is on pause, but it feels so good. So I never thought I would say that. I always thought I'm always going to be going, I'm doing everything. Yeah. I'm chasing my goals. But now it feels really, really good because I'm bringing a, a little girl into this world and I'm going to teach her everything I know. This is awesome. I'm loving it, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's so nice to hear. Share with us the biggest surprise or challenge. If, if there's a specific 
challenge that you've had maybe in these last couple of of months and then also if you don't mind sharing what what process of of the nine month pregnancy are you at um yeah of course so i'm at i'm 31 weeks pregnant now oh okay nine more weeks and there's gonna be a mini nyla running around (laughs) (laughs) so i'm pretty i'm pretty damn close uh and uh, i think the biggest challenge honestly was yeah, maybe because I didn't, I wasn't close with my mom growing up at all. And I was such a tomboy. This is again, me discovering a different piece of me that, you know, I have to just kind of embrace and discover and explore. Wow. This part of me, this maternal part that is, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm literally a different human right now because I have different focuses and everything else is just stopped. Um, biggest challenges probably is also the fact that nothing fits me. Honestly, <laughs> it sounds pathetic. I know it sounds pathetic. I know it sounds whatever, but I, I literally can only fit in three dresses and that's been the situation for the past six, <laughs> like six weeks now. So yeah, you really got to just learn that it, it's okay. It just comes with it. Yeah. I can imagine there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges, but uh, what I find interesting too is that you're you're sharing um, this process, which is so empowering because for for other women who who may be going through this big chapter in their life, they have someone to look at and they have someone sharing their tips and insights, so they have things to look out for to to then have a better experience. Absolutely. Actually, that's why I started my page Nyla at home. And everyone's like, why would you start that page? You already have this big platform on your main page, Nyla. And it's because I wanted to actually genuinely dedicate it to women. And uh, this is crazy. But I mean, for me, I'm thinking, okay, this is part of life. I accept it. I love it. I'm embracing my body changes. But unfortunately, this is not not really um, the case for a lot of women because they're under pressure or they're feeling the pressure from either themselves or just society to be look to look a certain way. And all of a sudden, you know, like, let's say not fitting in anything and feeling like you're a whale. Sometimes you could take that as a funny thing, but some women really struggle with that. So I use that platform to share all the nitty gritty, everything. And, um, I find it, I find, I find myself honestly very lucky that I can even have that voice. So, yeah, that's a, that's an incredible platform. What is a lesson this year has taught you? 2020 has been crazy for all of us. And I'm sure you've, you've had a lot of the challenges, which you just talked about, but what's, what's one lesson that you've really gotten out of this year so far? The lesson probably adds up everything. This lesson comes from skydiving pregnancy living in a pandemic and just the the chaos going on in America with the voting, everything. I think it's the power of the power of living in now and not looking and thinking, Oh my gosh, what is going to happen then? And over worrying, like all you can do now is basically live in this moment, learn from it, teach yourself things, read books, educate yourself, empower yourself, find new passions, Make a little set goal list and finish that day by day. The biggest thing that everybody is struggling with, and I, I'm going to say, of course, I've struggled with myself, is because now we have so much time at home, we're looking at social media, and it just feels like everyone else is doing more or doing better, or gosh, I got to do this, and this person is now doing this. And, 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 and it literally is so much noise because we have so much time on our hands 
and it could either make or break us. And I think we need to make it make us and learn from it. So if you just take day by day, have some patience with yourself and just utilize every moment to listen to like a podcast like this, talk to, you know, listen to other people's experiences, what they've been through. And then once you put that down, you're like, wow, I actually learned something from someone today rather than just looking at Instagram and scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So the power of living in the moment is seriously the most important thing that you can possibly do, especially right now. I love that message. Nyla, where can we connect with you and stay tuned with your journey? Um, so you can find me on Instagram. It's just at Nyla and A-I-L-A. And my new Instagram for women, which I'm very proud of and I'm super excited to have started is Nyla at home. So it's just Nyla at home. And um, through there, you can find my blog, which is Nyla in Vogue. Amazing. Those links will be in the description. Make sure you check out Nyla. She is a very interesting couple of weeks ahead. And then I'm also very excited to see all the challenges that will come after that. Um, But Nyla, thank you so much for coming on and all the best for the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. Check out the links in the description if you are looking to get connected with this week's guest. This is a great platform to expand your network, connect with people who come on, and to learn something new at the same time. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring a new story and mindset. In the meantime, keep learning, keep growing, and have an amazing day.